Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the entire tarot deck. All of them. All of it. Today's show will focus on the astrological sign of Aquarius. Myth and tarot. Where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, stars, and symbols, and all of the above. Myth, tarot, Welcome to Myth, Tarot, Love, a show about ancient stories and new-aged wisdom. I'm Biddy, your resident classicist. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Yay! <laughs> Hello! Welcome to, I don't want to call it season two, because we're not only doing seasons, but like cycle two, maybe? I Ooh, know. I like that word, cycle. Mm-hmm. Let's call it cycle two, because okay. in tarot and life, everything is cyclical. Mm, yes. <laughs> and of course... The astrology is also cyclical. There we go. So this is cycle two, <laughs> on to a new adventure. Yes. <laughs> um, we are, so there have been some questions about whether our astrology show is going to be uh, talking about tarot. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. In fact, uh, we are going to be creating a new tarot spread for each astrological sign, and uh, that's what we're going to do at the end of this show mm-hmm. today. But first, we're going to talk about the myth of Aquarius. Yes, the myth, the origins, if you will. <laughs> exactly. Where do these Aquarius. things come from? Exactly. But before we even do that, I just want to quickly do some shout outs. Because um, I didn't do them at the end <laughs> last time. I'm like, I need to get to them. So I wanted to just say thank you to everyone for your continued support. Or if you're a new listener, thank you for listening today. That's great, too. Yeah. Uh, we want to just give a particular shout out to our newest Patreon supporter, Abby. You are awesome. We love you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank and, you. And also to those of you who have left reviews and stars for us on iTunes. Um, we can't see all the names, unfortunately, especially if you just leave a star. But we still want to give you guys a shout out. Say thank you so much. You are awesome. And may good karma be showered upon you. Yes. <laughs> shower, shower, shower. Happy, happy. Exactly. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, the origins of Aquarius. So, Aquarius is actually one of the oldest documented constellations, which is pretty cool, or I think it's pretty neat, um, and was recorded by the Greek astronomer Ptolemy in the second century. So, been around a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Aquarius literally means cup bearer or water bearer in Latin, um, which will work very well with the myths that are associated with it. So the most popular myth um, associated with the constellation of Aquarius is that of Ganymede, which is funny that we didn't actually talk about him in, at all. At all. I don't, so I've like, never heard of Ganymede. Perfect. Ganymede, who was the, basically the cupbearer to the gods. So he was this very handsome young prince of Troy um, who caught the eye of none other than Zeus. Oh, that scoundrel. Yep, no one's safe. (laughs) (laughs) So Zeus thought that he was so beautiful that he transformed himself. So Zeus transformed himself into this giant eagle and swooped down from Mount Olympus (laughs) to Mount Ida where uh, Ganymede was, he was... um... How to win your love's affection (laughs) by Zeus. Yeah, for... Part one, transform into a giant animal. Anyone <laughs> Any will animal. do. Step two, uh, grab them, yeah. snatch them. Take, keep them forever. Yes. But actually three. don't. We are obviously not saying that. <laughs> No, no, this we're just saying plan. How, Zeus, how Zeus does it. How Zeus does it. Yeah. Step three, keep them forever unless Hera makes you give them back. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. in this case, 
Uh, she didn't. So yeah, so he swooped down, grabbed G- Ganymede, and brought him back to Mount Olympus, where he had to serve not only Zeus, but all the other gods as well. Um, this is kind of interesting because this is a similar similar role that other handsome boys would perform um, in the Greek symposium. They would be there, again, to kind of pour wine and water and all these things uh, for the men there. Interesting that it has to be handsome boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very. Um, of course, Zeus did not tell Ganymede's father that he was taking him. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, and his father became very upset, couldn't find him. And Zeus actually felt bad for his dad and said, oh, because I took your son away here, some fast horses. And that made his dad A-OK with the situation. <laughs> there you so, go. Fast horses instead of a son. Yeah. Here, we're going to do a little swaparoo. I got your son. Here's some horses. See you later. We're all good. At least he did something. I mean, Zeus could have been like, eh, too bad. Too bad. I'm a god. Yeah. I'm the king of gods. Exactly. Um, So one day, um, Ganymede had enough of his job as cupbearer. He's doing it for quite a while. Said, "Mm, I'm a little bit done now. So he decided to pour out all of the wine and water of the gods. Uh, Apparently, the water that fell onto Earth caused so much rain, um, water that it rained for days and days, creating a massive flood. Oh, my. Um, which is actually kind of funny in a way because there's actually another version of the Aquarius myth where Prometheus's son and daughter-in-law built a ship to survive an impending flood and they sailed on the ship for nine days. That sounds so, very familiar yes, to it does. another story. Of a flood. Yeah. Of a flood and building a ship to sail on it. Mm-hmm. So many... It was a little longer than nine days, though. Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, a lot of these early myths or I should say a lot of civilizations have myths that have to do with the flood. It's not just one from the Bible. There's this one. There there are other ones as well. So it's a very common motif that we see. So That's maybe that actually that did a lot happen of, yeah. or there was fear of it or stories of it actually happening because we do see it across many different cultures. Mm-hmm. For every culture. Exactly. So that was the one for the Greeks. Interesting. Um, yeah. So either way. Thank, <laughs> thanks, Ganymedes. Thank you for the flood. <laughs> Um, either way, Zeus actually felt bad uh, for the way that he treated Gan- Ganymede, and instead of punishing him for his destructive behavior, um, he actually made him immortal by turning him into the constellation um, that we have here, which is Aquarius. Ooh, mm-hmm. interesting. So that's kind. Of, so that's how we get Aquarius. Um, what I find is also interesting is that for Aquarius, just in general, there are actually quite a variety of myths associated with it from different places. Um, so for instance, um, in Babylonian astronomer, astronomers yeah. identified the constellation of Aquarius as representing the god Ea, or the Great One, um, which was often pictured uh, with an overflowing vessel. So a lot of them have the same imagery um, in ancient Egypt. Oh, that's, you, that's have, interesting, too, because yeah. it's like across cultures, you have the same stars, and they, they draw the same picture, exactly. essentially, from these stars. Yep. In ancient Egypt, we have it again. There's a water bearer's jar that was said to cause um, you know, the overflowing of the Nile in the spring. Um, Chinese astronomers also viewed this kind of stream as soldiers, and apparently the name in the Hindu zodiac is, oh, I can't pronounce it, but it means water pitcher as well. Cool. So we, yeah, definitely. So this water pitcher in, is showing up many times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in several different cultures. Yeah. So that's, I guess, the 
origin or the myth behind Aquarius as a constellation. That's cool. There's actually, I'm, I'm noticing some overlap between the character Ganymede and the way that Aquarians are actually described Ooh. in in astrology. Okay, how, how are they described <laughs> in astrology? Um, so, good segue, uh-huh. good segue there. <laughs> uh, you can't see this, but Biddy has an adorable wink. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, anyways, so Aquarius, even though it sounds very water-like and there's, you know, you know, the water bearer is kind of part of the name, it's actually an air sign. Mm, interesting. And I know, yeah. I always think of it because I think aqu- Aquarius aqua to aqua, water and right? it's not, yeah. Yeah, that was, that's, that's something that's interesting. So um, in, in astrology, we have all four signs. Um, well, you know, sometimes... We consider we don't consider the the fifth. Uh, we we have four signs, elements, four elements, all of four them. elements, yes. not signs. So we have four yeah. elements, um, and not necessarily all elements. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, we have air, water, earth, and fire, and Aquarius is one of our air signs, which means it actually is more of a cerebral sign. It cares a lot more about. Um, Actually, it rules the neural system, like mm. it, it rules the brain and neurons and stuff, um, as well as the legs. <laughs> um, and people with the Aquarius um, who are born under Aquarius, so that what we mean when we say you are an Aquarius means that the sun is actually rising in the symbol, like in the, in the constellation yeah. of Aquarius. Yes. Right? So... The sun rises in Aquarius, and then throughout the year, it kind of rotates around all these different um, constellations, mm-hmm. and those constellations are the what we give to the astrology name. So each constellation is Aquarius, Pisces, Aries, and so on, right? Yeah, and so it's the sun sign, so it's where the sun is on the day that you're born that kind of has that exactly. connection, because you can have other signs... Yes. Based off of other things. There's all kinds of stuff. Okay, okay. Let's start <laughs> let's let's start unpacking the complexity that is astrology. Okay. Okay. So you've got your sun sign mm-hmm. and generally um, astronomers or not astronomers, that's another thing. Let's not confuse astronomy with astrology. Yes. There are two very different things. Yes. And astronomers will get very upset if you call them astrologers. Mm-hmm. And I call them <laughs> astronomers because in the old times, yeah. quote unquote, day and age that they were practicing, <laughs> that is what they were considered. Exactly. Yes. Because they were studying the stars. Yes mapping the way that we move through them Mm. (laughs) uh the stars were very much you know um both a map and a clock Mm -hmm. uh they very accurate one (laughs) very accurate yeah they told us what time they told us what time of the year it was um told us when it was time to do different things Mm -hmm. and uh something else i think is interesting is that eventually they started making connections between people who were born at different times of the year Mm -hmm. um so, is this due to the influence of the stars, or is this due to the influence of time? And, you know, that's something that's still up for debate. However, the complexity that is astrology is actually very deep. So, you've got first the sun, which is when, where the sun was when you were born. Then you've got the moon, which is what constellation was the moon in when you were born, and uh, normally, the moon will shift between signs a lot quicker than the sun does. Mm. Uh, the moon will shift 
Uh, I think there it's changed his signs roughly every two to three days. Oh, okay. Um, moon generally also tells us what our emotions are. Hmm. Um, then you've got Venus and Mars uh, have a lot to do with... Uh, astrologers tend to look at Venus and Mars a lot for... Um, romance in your chart (laughs) which we've talked about venus and and aphrodite before too they're very different right mars is uh something that rules more the sexual energy as Mm. as well as just energy and uh anger (laughs) in general uh but then you've got venus which is love and harmony and romance not necessarily the same thing (laughs) true lust and love are different Mm -hmm. um and then you've got uh, all a variety of other planets which rule different things as well. And so each planet um, influences what we call your astrology chart. And that is actually a map. It's kind of like a fingerprint <laughs> that is depending on when you were born. So you've got not only what, uh, what constellation did the sun rise in on the day you were born, but also what constellation was the sun in at the time you were born. So it can get very it can it can get very nitpicky, <laughs> if you will. Um, and today we're not going to go into all of that. We're no. just going to focus on the sun sign Aquarius and what does that mean, mm-hmm. right? Um, but it needed to be said uh, because there is actually a lot more depth to astrology than what we're going to cover in our half hour show. <laughs> <laughs> we can also do well. You can do little snippets. Yeah, each yeah, time exactly. To get a full picture. Uh, I might go on on random astrology rants <laughs> every now and then. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So Aquarius itself is uh, known as an air sign uh, because it's so cerebral and uh, air in gen- All air signs are masculine um, as well. Um, air and fire signs are all masculine and water and earth signs are all considered feminine. Um, and once again, this idea of masculine and feminine are kind of similar to the way the tarot perceives masculine and feminine. Uh, and then you've also got um, how to describe the Aquarius. Well, they are people that tend to be a bunch of paradoxes. <laughs> They're considered very creative, very, um, very independent uh they, they really have their own way of doing things, if you will. They're, they can also be extremely stubborn. Um, I think it's interesting that Ganymede was a server because Aquarians are known as humanitarian. Oh, there you go. So they're very, yeah. like, they, they're very much community-oriented and they think a lot about what is the greater good of the group, of the community, mm. um, rather than themselves. And they don't necessarily focus on themselves that much. Um, so can they be people pleasers a little bit? Not as much as you'd think. Okay. Not like when, once again, this is where the paradoxes come mm. from is Aquarius uh, is fiercely, they care a lot about the truth <laughs> and some, and that independent stubborn streak can really um, also get to them where they, they will refuse to bend on their values and, and beliefs. They have very strong opinions, right? So the thing is, um, I think to an Aquarian, they would see it as more of a disservice to lie to someone than to say something that they perceive as untrue but kind. <laughs> they would they would rather be blunt and uh, have that person know the truth. In their mind, I think they're doing more of a service. They're not really Gemini in that way, <laughs> which we'll talk about later. <laughs> yeah, so the Aquarius isn't exactly a people pleaser, but they are very much... Uh, people servers, mm-hmm. where they they care very much about um, serving the greater good, if you will, 
and getting at the truth of the matter. Um, and I mentioned that they're also very cerebral. They're kind of like the eccentric scientist oh, personality okay. yeah. um, is often associated with them. Actually, Albert Einstein was an Aquarius. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so is Oprah. Uh, so once again, you have that kind of humanitarian um, aspect to them. Uh, but once again, they're full of paradoxes that independence can also make them seem kind of cold and distant sometimes. Mm. Um so it, it just depends on what what side of uh, Uranus that they happen to fall on. Uh, they is are it the planet that rules them. It is, yeah. So um, Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, which in an astrology chart tends to depict uh, where I'm going to say spontaneity occurs from. So uh, you know, there's there's different ways of interpreting Uranus, but the way I always interpret it in a chart is this is where your um, where the unexpected might occur in a person's lifetime, right? So it's it's kind of, it's this source of changing energy mm. um, or stimulation. <laughs> Sometimes I think of Aquarius actually as being not an air sign, but a lightning bolt sign. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting, yeah. Um, the energy of Aquarius is very much that of change. Um, it's interesting because it comes right at the dead of winter. This mm. is the fixed sign of winter. For us in the northern hemisphere. In the northern hemisphere, hemisphere. yeah. yeah. Um, Aquarius is kind of considered to be a wintry, um, a, a wintry sun sign. However, that is because it was created for a northern hemisphere, um, of course. But I don't... That would be interesting. Uh, I've never actually been to the southern hemisphere. So those of you, you astrologers out there in the southern hemisphere, if you happen to be listening, please let us know if you hear any changes or if you've noticed changes with how astrology works in the southern hemisphere i'd be very interested to know mm -hmm. i know we have some um listeners from australia so yes please yes uh, astrologers from australia this is your mission <laughs> <laughs> please let us know um anyways yeah so aquarius is considered to be kind of a wintry sighing and sometimes called cold and aloof mm. um perhaps a bit eccentric as well um yeah, so uh, when Aquarius comes in, I notice that there's definitely this kind of changes in the air kind of vibe going on. And it's interesting that February 14th happens to fall in Aquarius as well. This this um, February 14th, of course, being um, St. Valentine's Day, which is a festival of love, mm -hmm. um, but also one where people tend to confess their feelings for each other. And nothing can spell whirlwind and changing your world up upside down like a new love affair. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is very true. I guess we should probably mention too that Aquarius um, is from January 20th to, is it February 18th? Yeah, around for this About year. There. This year. True. Yeah, sometimes it changes depending on that year, mm -hmm. where how the sun's moving. <laughs> so today, the day that this episode will come out, we are now in Aquarius. Exactly. Yes. Yay, Aquarius. Um, yeah, so as mentioned before at the beginning of this show, mm -hmm. every, um, every episode that we're going to do on an astrology sign will have its own tarot spread. And I actually designed these tarot spreads myself uh, with the idea that it's not necessarily meant for someone who is an Aquarius, although an Aquarian could do these spreads as well, but it's this idea that these spreads are meant to be done during the 
time of Aquarius, to harness, if you will, the energy that is currently present in Aquarian. For, um, yeah, for Aquarians and also for everyone who's not an Aquarian. <laughs> uh, all right. So uh, before I get into the spread, I wanted to mention that um, if there are any major arcana cards that really jump out as being very much Aquarius, I would have to say it is the star because it is literally uh, a woman who is pouring water out. Um, one is she's pouring the water in a pool and the other is she's pouring water on the land. And if you remember from our episode on the star, it's uh, the star is all about uh, following your own path, following your beliefs, staying faithful to your own beliefs, and um, and essentially following your true path forwards, right? And that's very much an Aquarian as well. They uh, will not be swayed by um, common practices. Uh, definitely something you can say is that an Aquarius is never going to be boring. <laughs> never going to be boring. All right. So um, the spread that we have designed, uh, where are we... Where are our listeners going to be able to find it? So um, for our Patreon supporters, you will find it on Patreon. Um, But also for our Facebook group members, uh, I will post it as like an upload um, PDF there for you to find. So you can see visually, we'll describe it um, obviously here today, but you'll be able to see an actual kind of photo of what it should look like, which is kind of neat. You kind of have it in a specific design there that I like. It almost looks like waves or... Yeah, so Aquarius has two zigzag lines as the symbol for Aquarius. And I've always interpreted it as um, waves flowing in two opposite directions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because Aquarius is a sign very much of spontaneous change, as well as uh, following, like going against the flow, if you will, right? So I've always imagined that the top wave is going left to right kind of standard and the bottom wave is going right to left ah. um this idea kind of like meandering like yeah exactly yeah. right so um so that's the way that i designed this particular uh spread and something that aquarians sometimes have difficulty with is they have difficulty focusing their energy so they have lots of energy and they definitely um, have tend to be very talented as well I've noticed friendly talented witty folk um, charismatic uh, however sometimes they'll want to just start doing something new and it can be very they can they can drop old ideas if you will um, love they love new ideas anyways okay so we have um, seven cards seven is one of us uh, one of Aquarius's lucky numbers the top three cards are the first zigzag, the bottom three cards are the next zigzag, and then of course there is a seventh card that's outside of the water entirely, <laughs> um, which represents um, f- focusing your energy. So on the top wave we have three cards. The first one is how things are. So this is kind of a card to just present like the situation, the situation kinda. if you will. Yeah. It's always good in a spread to start with something that is known and then move from the known to the unknown so that we kind of have a better idea of um, of where we're, where we're headed and what this spread in particular is talking about. Um, the second card is how I see myself. So, or how the, the person who is uh, reading 
like how the seeker sees themselves. Okay, if you there will. we go. Yeah. How the seeker sees themselves. Uh, number three is how others see the seeker. Mm-hmm. Aquarius is a very communal um, sign, so it is important for us to harness that idea, that energy in an Aquarius spread as well. And then the fourth card is what is changing? This is, of course, the card where we change flow as well. So the the geometry of the spread is combining with um, the intention of each card as well. Yeah, very cool. And then uh, the fifth card is what new obstacles uh, does the change bring? Number six is what new opportunities does the change bring? Because every change, of course, will have its own new challenges and opportunities uh, that can be harnessed. And then seven is advice on where to focus the energy. All right. So I've done a little spread for our own podcast. <laughs> and the question... Or for the listeners. Or for the listeners, if you will. I, I asked the listeners... Um, well, I asked the, the tarot about our listeners and uh, about our own our own show. How are oh, we okay. doing, if you will? What, um, what advice does the tarot have for our show? <laughs> Okay, so the first card we got was Temperance, which, um, if you remember, the first card is how things are. So Mm. Temperance appearing as how things are means that we are very much balanced and uh, finding finding that balance and not necessarily going too far in one direction or another, um, but, you know, uh, getting getting the right balance, the right uh, structure. Which is good because that's something that... <laughs> Discipline, if you we will. We definitely uh, we're looking to work on, and that's a good sign that we're there. Yeah, exactly. Um, so this is this is what we've been striving for, mm-hmm. is having consistency, discipline in, uh, in providing quality podcasting to our listeners. <laughs> in a schedule that we can actually work with. <laughs> in a schedule that works with our work week. Yes. <laughs> um, and then, so the second card we got is how... We see ourselves. We are. We see ourselves apparently as the King of Cups. Mm. Uh, the King of Cups is people who are masters of emotion, <laughs> <laughs> masters of emotion, and very much uh, leaders um, in in how to control those emotions, as well as um, bringing people together uh, for a party, but also a greater good. <laughs> bringing people together to have a good time and. Um, Sometimes also heal from emotions. Mm. Maybe also a little bit manipulative. Oh. <laughs> a tad bit. But I don't know if that's necessarily the case in this in this spread. Um, the next one is how our listeners see us. And oh my goodness, <laughs> we got the Nine of Swords, which I think is really funny. Um, so that means that perhaps our listeners are seeing us as being very highly anxious. <laughs> Um, granted, we did have kind of a, a little bit of a break, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, our next card, what's changing? Mm-hmm. So what is changing? We got the Ace of Wands, mm-hmm. which makes sense because mm-hmm. we are starting a whole new cycle. Yeah. Ace of Wands is a new adventure, um, one where, one that might involve some hard work, but also one that, um, can have lots of personal growth, a new spark, if you will. Uh, if you remember, the Ace of Wands was kind of that spark of creativity that can happen. And That's cool. Yeah, very much the case. Here. I definitely agree. Yep. Um, our obstacle is the <laughs> Queen of Cups. 
what obstacles does this change bring? So that's interesting. We got the Queen of Cups as our obstacle and the King of Cups as um, uh, as how we see ourselves. <laughs> so the Queen of Cups is sometimes um, a woman who wants other people to do things for her. So sometimes mm. she can be, uh, you know, a little bit demure. Um, she's also she also knows when to not speak. Right. Um, she is the power of quiet. She has um, her her rule is through her beauty and allure. And what is not said is often much more powerful for her than what is said. So perhaps our obstacle in this case is to speak up more. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, our obstacle is to find our voice. To find our voice um, and to uh, maybe also make sure that what is being said is powerful. Mm-hmm. And our opportunity is the queen of wands who is very charismatic in herself and definitely a very good speaker Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, so perhaps the queen of wands is um, what we can perhaps grow into strive strive towards with this with this new venture Mm -hmm. and then of course uh, where should we focus our energy we received the knight of cups lots of cups here yeah Uh, which i think is interesting because we are doing a cup bearer spread oh yeah that's so funny <laughs> we're doing cup bear spread and we've got three people holding a cup that's hilarious <laughs> um yeah so our where to focus our energies is the knight of cups which is all about um dreaming big and turning those dreams into realities um sometimes it's a little romantic as well mm. <laughs> being a little romantic so let's not stop dreaming and uh continue with this new venture <laughs> I guess, according to our spread. Um, Also, uh, sometimes messages for one person, since we are doing this message for not only our podcast, but also our listeners, could also carry over to our listeners. So Mm -hmm. if something we said rings true for yourself, take the wisdom that the tarot is offering and use it in your life. Exactly. We've interpreted it towards us, but like you said, this is also for the listeners, so... Yes, use the cards to how you think it could suit you and, and help you with your with your days. Exactly. All right. Uh, how are we doing? We're good. Oh, that's pretty good. We're pretty good. We're exactly at 30 minutes right now, there which means we're now going over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually a good note, uh, a positive note to kind of end off on. And yeah. Um, yes. Thank you, everyone, as always, so much for listening. We really, really do appreciate it. And we love doing the podcast and having you guys with us, um, especially now that we are going to be monthly. I would definitely recommend to subscribe <laughs> that way um, when a new episode does come out it'll come right into your listening devices exactly and we'll have a new episode for every time the sun turns exactly <laughs> yes um, if you'd like to get in touch with us you, um, all of our information will be um, in our show notes but again we do have a Facebook um, group which is great um, place to contact us especially I know I <laughs> see that a lot faster than I do emails <laughs> Face- yeah you're more of a Facebook checker <laughs> yes and an email checker i apologize um but yeah and also patreon as well if you'd like to support us monetarily we appreciate that too um so yeah i guess next next mo- episode would be on pisces. pisces yeah so we're gonna do pisces um for the spring equinox Ooh, ooh. is it spring not quite no but it it's entering into spring it's also a winter sign oh, okay it's also a winter sign but yeah we'll, we'll be doing pisces then <laughs> Yeah. Very cool. Anyway. This is the dawning of the age.
age of Aquarius, the age of Aquarius, Aquarius, Aquarius. I was so tired.